From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Well, as the holiday week continues, we have another present for you, a Washington Watch special. At the September Prevote Stand Summit, one of our great panel discussions was on the military and the woke policies pushed on it by the Biden administration. Today, you're going to, again, gain some insight. Uh, first, from a retired three-star general, Jerry Boykin, a founding member of the Army's Delta Force and our executive vice president at the Family Research Council. Also, retired Coast Guard Chief Rocky Rogers, Congressman and Navy veteran Jim Banks, along with FRC's vice president of communications, J.P. Duffy. Before we turn to the program, I want to ask you a favor. Would you consider standing with the Family Research Council and Washington Watch as we stand for you? Now, we receive no government funding or support. We are here for you and because of folks like you all across this country who want to defend faith, family, and freedom. And thanks to a $1.5 million challenge match, all gifts given by New Year's Eve will be doubled. So if you'd like to stand with us as we stand for truth here in our nation's capital, text the word GIVE to 67742. That's the word GIVE to 67742. For any gift over $30, we'll send you our new Stand on the Word Bible journal. So give us a call, or text us, rather. Give to 67742. Well, as I mentioned this past September, Family Research Council and FRC Action held our third annual Pray Vote Stand Summit, drawing Christian voters from all across America to our nation's capital. The summit addressed issues such as religious freedom, gender ideology, election integrity, the military, the protection of the unborn, the importance of the nuclear family, the growing indoctrination in our nation's schools, and and so much more. It was a phenomenal event. And if you missed it or you'd like to revisit any part of it, you can check all the uh, check out all the great content from the summit at prayvotestand.org. All the panels and the keynote speakers are archived there. Again, that's prayvotestand.org. Well, among the sessions at the summit was a panel on dewoking the Pentagon, returning the military's focus to its mission. And taking the stage for the panel were Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana, uh, retired uh, Coast Guard Chief Rocky Rogers, and our very own Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. The panel was moderated by FRC's Vice President of Communications, J.P. Duffy, who is usually behind the scenes here at Washington Watch. But here is how he got the session started. As I was preparing for this panel, the, the scripture that came to mind for me was John fifteen thirteen, where Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And, of course, Jesus put those words into action. When you think about it, when he gave, a, gave his life on the cross. But I also, when I read that verse, every time I read it, I think of those who have made that ultimate sacrifice for our country. And we ask a lot of our service members. I have members of my church and who have been away from families for long stretches of time. There's all kinds of, of things we ask of them. But right now, particularly under this administration, we're asking something of them that we should never ask of them to do, and that is to surrender the very freedoms that they're fighting for. But that's where we are, as Tony just, just laid out. And, and we've seen it in recent years where the progressive left has begun to use the military as a vehicle to carry their 
radical social policies into all other sectors of society, but that's not the purpose of the military. And we've lost that focus. And, and so how do we get back to, back to the mission of our military? And so that's why we have these three heroes here who are leading the way in that effort, and that's why I'm excited to, about what, they're, what they'll share. Uh, no stranger to many of you, but uh, General Jerry Boykin, he is uh, my colleague at Family Research Council. And he serves as Executive Vice President at FRC. He spent the last four years of his 36-year military career as the Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. And he was also one of the original members of the U.S. Army's Delta Force. And then uh, sitting next to him uh, is Rocky Rogers, who very recently retired as a chief in the U.S. Coast Guard. He spent the last 20 years in the Coast Guard witnessing firsthand the shift in priorities under this uh, uh, administration and, and, and a lot of the, the impacts that that brought to the day-to-day functions of the Coast Guard. So welcome. Glad to be here. And then our, our final panelist here, Congressman Jim Banks. Uh, he represents Indiana's third congressional district. <laughs> and in the last Congress, he served as chairman of the Republican Study Committee. He currently serves on the House Armed Services Committee, the Committee on Education and the Workforce, and the newly formed House Select Committee on the Strategic Competition between the U.S. and the Chinese Communist Party. He is a Navy uh, Reserve veteran, and he served in Afghanistan in 2014 and 2015. So that's our panel. All right. General Boykin, we're going to start with you. So uh, let's just talk about the, the, the loss and focus on the, the mission of the military. And if you would, share from your perspective, what is that mission, and where did we go off track? Where did this all get started and... I think that's a part of figuring out how we get back on track to kind of see, well, let's look at, take a look at this timeline. Yeah, you know, if you, uh, if you watch the movie MacArthur, which was, was a very old movie, but he stands in the mess hall at West Point, and he looks at the entire student body, and he says to that student body, your mission, he's talking about the mission of the Army, and it applies to the other services, your mission remains fixed, determined, inviolable. It is to win the nation's wars. That has not changed. It is still to win the nation's wars. And what you see unfolding right now is if you want to change the culture of America, you cannot do that without changing the culture of our military. We have a code of military justice that talks about all the things that are considered to be violations. It includes, for example, homosexuality. It includes a lot of things that today are becoming the norm within this nation. You've got to change the military, and what you see unfolding is an assault on the freedoms, the liberties, that our nation was created to preserve, and our military is very much a major part of preserving those freedoms 
And you see right now an administration that wants to destroy everything that we're about as a military. That's right. Well, um, Chief Rogers, coming to you, uh, picking up on that, I think, on that point, you, your two decades in the Coast Guard, you saw a lot of the changes there. And I, I want to share, I want you to share with the audience. I mean, I think everybody's kind of heard bits and pieces of how woke policies have affected uh, unit levels. But I, I think your experience in particular really speaks and highlights to the problems that our, our country and our military is facing right now. Okay, so um, I'm from a small town in Texas. Uh, really, uh, I joined the military to serve our country. And through that, uh, I joined during the Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Nobody cared what your uh, personal choices were. We just stood next to each other, man, woman. We worked next to each other, and then, uh, you know, we went about our ways uh, when we went home. As policies changed and softened that, as General talked about, changing the military changes the culture around us to um, your personal choices were now imposed on everybody around you. Your transgressions, verbiage like that, microaggressions, is unacceptable. As uh, General mentioned, the Uniform Code of Military Justice holds military members to a higher standard than civilians. Standards are in place for us to exceed, for us to succeed, win wars, defend our country, defend our nation, defend our constitution. So help us God. When you remove God, everything crumbles. The policy, you know, everybody's talking about changing policies from the top down. We, we live on strong foundations. Without a strong foundation, who cares if your roof or your house leaks or if it doesn't leak? You're not going to replace your front door if your window's broken. We need to reestablish a firm foundation based on God and his truth and his principles in our military. Well, share with us a little bit in your unit, um, uh, leading your unit there, particularly the, um, as I understand, you know, when the transgender policy went into effect, we were told, oh, this, this, you know, this will be seamless, there's no big deal, it won't affect anything, but share with us uh, what you actually experienced firsthand. So I was one of nine, uh, let me roll back, the Coast Guard has 43,000 members in it, or had, it's significantly short right now. But I was one of nine out of 43,000 people to be the direct supervisor of a transgender individual. Before that member came to my unit, I, would, I supervised the shop of seven technicians dealing with communications and radio communications for the Coast Guard in New England. My command told me, Chief Rogers, you have this person coming in. They're going through this transition. I could have cared less because it's not my business. It's their choice. However, when that person couldn't come to work because of extensive medical uh, appointments, procedures, getting more convalescent time off than, I'll say, a normal person, getting more time off than a mother giving birth to a baby, how is that fair to the other people within my unit wearing down the morale, creating animosity because I couldn't get any more help? I had to support an area 
billeted for seven people with only six. But then of those six people that were able to perform, what if they were sick? What if they took vacation time? Now I'm down to four, maybe even five or four technicians. So the workload increased. The expectations, the standards are still there. But realistically, we couldn't perform to our expectations because of these uh, unfair treatments. It's not equitable because if you're going through this transition, you have more time off. You have more or less of an expectation on you. And that's not fair to anyone in any workplace, especially our military. Were were you given any kind of guidance or anything from your, like, those up the chain? Did you express concern about what's going on, saying, hey, you just dropped this policy on me. This is how it's playing out. Did they come in with any kind of support or? Uh, Yes. So my command emailed me, couldn't even call me. We were on the same base. They emailed me, Chief, if you need any support, if you need any guidance, let us know. I reached out to them multiple times via email in passing. Sir, ma'am, I have this scenario with this person. I don't know what to do. I don't want to make a choice without the command support because, again, if you say the wrong thing, it's your fault. Nobody's going to, you know, help you out. I'll stand up for my choices all day. I make mistakes, as we all do. Not one time did my command come to my side and say, Chief, we will help you out. But that's okay because I knew who was on my side, and that is God. Amen. Amen to that. All right, stick around. There's more of this great conversation on the other side of the break. Don't go away. For 40 years, Family Research Council has been in Washington, D.C., championing faith, family, and freedom in public policy and the culture from a biblical worldview. But it isn't easy. As the culture continues to become increasingly divided, believers must continue defending biblical truth while many on the left wish to silence and marginalize Christians. Will you join us? Your financial support has never been more important. Thanks to your partnership, we can continue to reach more Americans with the important news from Washington, D.C. Equip believers to stand firm in our culture and defend biblical truth in the halls of government. Every donation we receive will go towards preserving and advancing policies for a culture that honors faith, family, and freedom. To give, text the word GIVE to 67742. Again, text GIVE to 67742. Don't miss Family Research Council's new podcast, Outstanding. Brought to you by FRC's team at The Washington Stand, this podcast is designed to examine top news stories and cultural issues from a distinctly biblical worldview with an aim to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Join host and senior fellow for biblical worldview, Joseph Backholm, as he examines recent developments and cultural phenomena through the lens of Scripture and explores how Christians should respond. New guests join the podcast every week to unpack the headlines and discuss what's going on in the world. Topics range from recent political developments to social issues and spiritual battles. We invite you to follow along with these critical conversations as we release new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. You don't want to miss it. To listen, go to WashingtonStand.com slash podcast slash outstanding and be sure to look for the Outstanding Podcast on your favorite podcasting app today. 
Join Family Research Council's Association of Churches and Ministries, a community of pastors and ministry leaders united in refusing to hide their faith in Jesus from those that would try to silence us. As we face an increasingly hostile culture, the Association of Churches and Ministries provides invaluable resources and a powerful platform to grow and be equipped for the ministry God has entrusted to you. Together, we will stand firm, united in faith. Visit acm.frc.org and become a member today. If you're a young adult passionate about seeing biblical values championed in our country, check out Family Research Council's internship program. This three-month program is both a discipleship and development opportunity where you get to take part in truly meaningful work and help advance faith, family, and freedom in public policy and our culture. Featuring hands-on experience, biblical worldview training, free housing, and more, this internship is a great opportunity for spiritual and professional development. Check out frc.org slash internships to apply today. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Today we're broadcasting special content from this year's Pray Vote Stand Summit that was held in Washington, D.C. Among the many sessions that were held at the summit was one on dewoking the Pentagon, returning the military's focus to its mission. In this next part, we're going to turn to Congressman Jim Banks, who took a leave of absence from the Indiana State Senate in 2014 and 2015 to deploy to Afghanistan during Operation Enduring Freedom and Freedom's Sentinel. Congressman Banks was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 2016 to represent Indiana's 3rd Congressional District. Here is what Congressman Banks shared. Congressman uh, Banks, you served in Afghanistan, and, um, and of course, since you've been in Congress, uh, I, I think you actually did you served in Congress and also been a, a Navy uh, Reserve. And I just, if you would just share with us kind of your heart about what brought you in uh, first serve in the military and then and then from what you experienced there taking you into congress to then stand up and fight for service members just like chief rogers well good morning i'm really honored to be here i've been coming to this summit for many many years but i've never been on the stage so it's an Mm -hmm. honor to come and be a part of what i think is one of the most important conversations that we're having at this time I, sir, I, I joined the military, I, and, and the proudest moments of my life were wearing the uniform, serving my country, because I love this country. This mm-hmm. is the greatest country in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Never thought we would get to a point where one side of the political coin actually believes something very different. And I think that's what we're seeing happening that's in their radical attempt to transform America – uh, one of those missions is to radically transform the military. Uh, I serve on the House Armed Services Committee, as you said. I currently chair the Military Personnel Subcommittee. So I'm at the tip of the spear in taking on wokeism in the military on that subcommittee. And just a, uh, just a couple of uh, anecdotes. Last week, the Secretary of the Air Force, Frank Kendall, who was an appointee of the Obama administration, now appointed by President Biden to be the head of the United States Air Force, Secretary of the Air Force. He said two weeks ago, out loud, on the very same day that the president said something very very much the opposite, Secretary Kendall said, China is preparing to go to war with the United States of America. That's what he said. He said it out loud. The president was abroad. He said something. He minimized the China threat. But his Secretary of the Air Force said that out loud. What was the Pentagon focused on last week and this week? 
They were focused on, I kid you not, the Pentagon was focused on how to correctly use pronouns in award citations. That, that was their focus. The last, they, they created a mess. They had to clean it up and lots of stories as they dealt with pronouns and award citations. This year is the 50th anniversary of an all-volunteer force, and we have the biggest recruitment crisis in American history. The Army is 15,000 soldiers below their recruitment goals. Air Force, 10,000 soldiers, or 10,000 airmen uh, below their, their recruitment goals. Navy is several thousand sailors below their recruitment goals. What, why is that? I believe that wokeism is driving people away who would have formerly wanted to serve in our military. Public, public trust in the military has sharply declined. 2018, around 70% trusted our military. Today, it's less than 50%. Why? Because the military has become, a, has become politicized. Gen- general Milley is the most political general that we've ever had in charge of our military. He's destroying public trust in the process. Wokeism will, will eat our country inside out if we let it, and we've got to, we've got to stop it uh, from, from taking over and transforming the military. So I've made it my top mission in the Congress. I, I also started something. Thank you. I, I chaired this uh, this large group called the Republican Study Committee last Congress, and I was term limited, so I had to find something else to do this Congress. So I started something called the Anti Woke Caucus. I thought that was clever. <laughs> Good job. I, 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 seriously, I made myself the chairman of it. I really like the title. <laughs> chairman of it. I get my colleagues together, and we've been working on strategies to confront wokeism, and we've made the military our top priority. So this year in the NDAA, the annual defense bill that we passed, uh, we did a lot, of, a lot of really important things. First thing that we did was we, we uh, in, in the House NDAA that passed out of the House, the Senate version is a lot different, it's a lot weaker, but the House version is really strong. We passed an amendment that I led that, that allows those service members who were, who were kicked out because they didn't take the vaccine to come back and not be penalized for it. Um, now, what, what you have to realize, um, I, I, I know we have a lot of other things to get to, but what we have to realize is that uh, this is how the radical left plays the game. They flushed out all of those troops who didn't take the vaccine. I, don't, I think it has very, very little to do with the vaccine and the fact that probably 99% of those service members who didn't take the vaccine were right-leaning and probably vote Republican. Okay, they're trying to transform the military, and that's one way that they do it. The other thing that we did, we did in an amendment that was led by my colleague, Matt Gates, we banned drag shows on military bases. <laughs> General, can you imagine drag shows on military bases before this era? I mean, this is unbelievable to me. It projects exactly the opposite of what, what our military should project. We passed an amendment that I led that, that bans the military from uh, promoting anyone based on the color of their skin or their ethnicity or any of the woke causes that go along with it. I think this is really important. Uh, our, our military should be a meritocracy, period. Yeah. 
You're listening to a panel discussion that was a part of a session we had at this year's Pray Vote Stand Summit, Dewoking the Pentagon. Um, if you'd like more of this, you can go to prayvotestand.org and you can not only listen to more of this segment, but to all of the keynotes and all of the panels. By the way, we're coming up to the end of the year, and thanks to a $1.5 million challenge match, all gifts given by New Year's Eve will be doubled. And we're here for you and, quite frankly, by you. If it weren't for folks like you across the country supporting us, we wouldn't be here. So if you would like to stand with us, text the word GIVE to 67742. You'll get a link. That's the word GIVE to 67742. And for any gift over $30, we'll send you our new Stand on the Word Bible Journal. So text GIVE to 67742. Don't go away. We're back after the break. Most of us have wrestled with deep questions about the meaning of life at one time or another. Questions like, why are we here? What has gone wrong with our world? Is there any hope? And how does it all end? Thankfully, David Clausen, director of the Center for Biblical Worldview at Family Research Council, has carefully answered each of these tough questions in his latest publication titled, An Introduction to Worldview. With 81% of evangelical church attendees claiming to hold a biblical worldview and only 21% actually holding a biblical worldview, resources like this are more important than ever. With this new resource, we invite you, your family, and your church to evaluate what makes up a worldview and to see how a biblical worldview provides the most satisfying answers to life's biggest questions. To read the full publication and to see other resources from FRC's Center for Biblical Worldview, visit frc.org worldview. Again, that's frc.org slash worldview. Don't miss Family Research Council's new podcast, Outstanding. Brought to you by FRC's team at The Washington Stand, this podcast is designed to examine top news stories and cultural issues from a distinctly biblical worldview with an aim to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Join host and senior fellow for Biblical Worldview, Joseph Backholm, as he examines recent developments and cultural phenomena through the lens of Scripture and explores how Christians should respond. New guests join the podcast every week to unpack the headlines and discuss what's going on in the world. Topics range from recent political developments to social issues and spiritual battles. We invite you to follow along with these critical conversations as we release new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. You don't want to miss it. To listen, go to WashingtonStand.com slash podcast slash outstanding and be sure to look for the Outstanding Podcast on your favorite podcasting app today. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you, so be sure and check that out. Today we're broadcasting content from the 2023 Pray Vote Stand Summit that was held in Washington, D.C. back in September. Now, during the summit, we had a panel discussion on dewoking the Pentagon, returning the military's focus to its mission. Now, it featured Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana, retired Coast Guard Chief Rocky Rogers, and our very own Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. Well, in this next part, Congressman Banks will talk about how the military today, our military, under the Biden administration, is projecting weakness abroad. And General Boykin will discuss Senator Tommy Tuberville's highly publicized stand for life and the rule of law. And we'll pick up from where we left off. 
I look at what's going on in the military today, what, what the military is projecting, uh, weakness, not strength abroad. And, and one, one important anecdote, just at a time when you thought every marketing professional in America was watching Bud Light and saying, okay, that's probably a bad idea, we're not going to do that. The Navy does it. The Navy creates a digital ambassador program and finds transgender sailors in uniform uh, to post videos on Instagram and on social media trying to attract uh, people to join the United States Navy. And then what do you you see happen? I mean, at a time when, uh, uh, after Bud Light, the the Navy marketing people say, hey, Bud Light, hold my beer, watch this. Well, well, let me stop you right there. In fact, I think we have that clip, actually. I I believe uh, clip seven. That, that first year in the Navy, I did not do drag for like almost a year and a half when I first joined. I didn't do drag. I was learning to be a sailor. And after kind of getting back into it, I kind of almost refound my love in drag again because of the Navy. Your taxpayer dollars paid for that. And we passed an amendment in our bill to take uh, that guy's job away from him, too. There you go. A lot more work to do, but we're just getting started. It's so important, and I appreciate having this conversation with all of you today. Well, thank you for your leadership uh, on all those amendments. So, so critically important. Uh, General Boykin, I know that... uh, a lot of people have, on, on, have this on their mind. Uh, Tony brought it up at, at the beginning of this panel, and that is Senator Tuberville and his stand for life and his stand to take the Pentagon's abortion travel policy and, and get it reversed. Share, share with us your thoughts on some of the criticism that's coming his way and, and uh, the, the newfound concern that we see from the left about um, the military when it comes to promotions and these things? Well, let me say that in my mind, uh, Senator Tuberville is a real hero here today. Look, and I think the congressman will tell you that he's getting flack from all sides. You know, and he is is standing strong, and I guess that's why he was such a good football coach. But that said, I want you to understand something here. This is a lie. It's a lie that he is having any significant impact on readiness in our military today. And here's why. I went into the Pentagon in 2003 into a three-star billet as the Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, working for Don Rumsfeld. I was only a two-star because I was under investigation. And when you become a general officer, you're always under investigation, all the time. Mine had not been adjudicated yet, and they put me in the position anyhow because they wanted me in that job. And it was over six months before they finally finished the investigation, exonerated me, and promoted me to three-star. Now, think about that. You can put somebody into a position Without them being promoted, it is not essential that they be promoted. And then they talk about, well, we're upsetting the lives of the families. And you said it. 
Where were you worrying about the families in our military when you put over 8,000 of them out of the military? Where was your concern? Where was your care? It's nonsense. This is bogus. Furthermore, if you think about it, if you're saying that we have, our readiness is declining because of the leadership that we have, then we better hope that this, we don't have a war tomorrow. Because what we're saying is we're not ready to fight it. And that's nonsense too. You put those people in the positions to begin with because you thought they were the right commanders. And I will tell you that in my mind, I doubt that. I really doubt that. And I think we've got the poorest leadership in our military today, at least certainly for the Army. But if we can't go to war today with the people that we have in these critical key positions, then the fact of the matter is somebody needs to lean on our military real hard and get them to answer up as to why we're not ready to go to the war because they keep telling us Tommy Tuberville is hurting readiness. And I'm telling you, no. He's actually a model, a role model for some of these young soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines who are at some point, they're going to have to stand up for what they believe in. And what they see is Tommy Tuberville standing up for what he believes in. And I tell you, when this is all said and done, I hope that he surfaces as the, as the hero that he really is. And I hope people recognize him. That's right. We'll stick around. After the break, we'll finish out the panel discussion and hear the panelists' thoughts on how our country needs to move forward. So stick around. Are you a pastor or ministry leader? Then join Family Research Council's Association of Churches and Ministries. This community is for pastors and ministry leaders who are united in refusing to hide their faith in Jesus from those that would try to silence us. Together, we choose to stand on God's word, no matter the cost. As we face an increasingly hostile culture, the Association of Churches and Ministries provides a powerful platform to come together, grow, and be equipped for the ministry God has entrusted to you. By joining this collective, you gain exclusive access to invaluable resources, updates from Washington, D.C. to your leadership and ministry team, special discounts on FRC events, and much more. Together, we will stand firm, united in faith, unyielding in truth. Don't miss your chance to be a part of something greater. Visit acm.frc.org and become a member today. Are you passionate about living out your faith in the public square? Are you invested in rebuilding America's spiritual foundations? We are too. Here at Family Research Council, we have made it our mission to champion the kingdom of God by advancing faith, family, and freedom in our nation and culture. Would you consider joining us? Each day, we work to educate spiritually active, governance-engaged conservatives, proclaim truth on cancel-resistant platforms, Promote a biblical worldview in public policy and culture and engage believers to get involved. Together, we can work towards a prevailing culture in which all human life is valued, families flourish, and religious liberty thrives. To get involved, you can donate to FRC by texting the word GIVE 
to 67742. Again, text GIVE to 67742. Are you tired of the mainstream media censoring Christian and conservative voices? Are you looking for news about the most important topics of the day presented to you through the lens of biblical truth? FRC has the answer. The Washington Stand. The Washington Stand is Family Research Council's outlet for news and commentary from a biblical worldview, covering issues from abortion, sexuality, and religious liberty, to education, to what's happening on Capitol Hill and around the world. The Washington Stand reports on the top stories affecting faith, family, and freedom that the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. Subscribe today to receive the latest news from the Washington Stand in your inbox every weekday morning by texting TWS to 67742 or by visiting WashingtonStand.com. Again, that's TWS to 67742. Welcome back to this special edition of Washington Watch. Well, since uh, we have this panel, in fact, earlier this month, Senator Tuberville released his hold on all military promotions below four stars. Now, Senator Tuberville had been standing against the Biden Pentagon that has ignored the law and unilaterally forced taxpayers to facilitate abortions in the military by paying for travel and related expenses. Now, the issue is not resolved, so the fight for the unborn and for the rule of law will take on a different form. But let's go back to our panel discussion as we wrap up this panel on dewoking the military. And I think we've got the poorest leadership in our military today, at least certainly for the Army. But if we can't go to war today with the people that we have in these critical key positions, then the fact of the matter is, Somebody needs to lean on our military real hard and get them to answer up as to why we're not ready to go to the war because they keep telling us Tommy Tuberville is hurting readiness. And I'm telling you, no. He's actually a model, a role model for some of these young soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines who are at some point, they're going to have to stand up for what they believe in. And what they see is Tommy Tuberville standing up for what he believes in. And I tell you, when this is all said and done, I hope that he surfaces as the, as the hero that he really is, and I hope people recognize it. That's right. Thank you, General. Chief Rogers, I want to come to you on that point as well, because it, it's not just the 8,000 that were drummed out. It's also those that had to navigate all the bureaucratic mess, had to look over their shoulders never knowing uh, if they might be uh, booted out or face other repercussions uh, for failing to abide by the vaccine mandate. And so I, if you would share with us kind of your experience serving under that. So um, coming from the Coast Guard, the Coast, um, right before the mandate became mandatory, the Coast Guard's over 200 years old. On August 1st, 2021, I believe it was, the Coast Guard released its first religious accommodation instruction not exemption, accommodation. What does accommodation mean? Finding that middle ground, common ground. Their policy is over here, I'm over here. Let's find the middle. I filed my uh, religious accommodation to fight the COVID vaccine because one, I didn't believe it. I'm healthy. I'm healthier than most that are still in. And um, I was excluded, bullied, coerced, 
Chief, you're going to lose your job. What are you going to do? No benefits. I could have cared less. I went home to my wife, upset in her words. What, would, what did our founding fathers do? Did they go home and cry or did they stand up? So I stood up along with several thousand other Coasties that I will call shipmates for the rest of my life. All, right now the Coast Guard is 5,000 enlisted short, 1,000 officers short. Rumor has it they're going to delete, press that little delete button on 1,000 billets so it doesn't look like they're that short. But as General said, they called many of the leaders who stood up for their religious beliefs to come back. And it's like an abusive relationship. Who wants to go back into that? Not many, but there are some of those leaders that are going back to hope to create that change that we need to fill those leadership spots that the military needs. Because without those leaders, you just have a bunch of degenerates in boss positions. And I say boss because there's a significant difference between a leader and a boss. A leader will be beside you, in front of you, and behind you, above you and below you, through every hard time. A boss hides at headquarters and pushes everything down. Right. Thank you. Congressman, coming to you. So we've talked through a lot of the problems of the military. You've already laid out several solutions. But uh, looking further down the road, the post-Biden era, a next commander-in-chief who respects those who are serving our country and uh, a Congress that will work with them, and he's making uh, appointments uh, or whoever, whatever the next administration looks like. What do you foresee that can be done now? Obviously, you're getting things into the NDAA with these provisions, but what are things that we can begin to lay into the, the groundwork so that when these policies go into effect, we can see accountability uh, put into place to ensure that this filters, these uh, common sense policies filter all the way down to the unit level that Chief Rogers was just talking about. Yeah, so I'm told that I'm General Milley's second most hated member of Congress. <laughs> so. I'm a little disappointed about that. I mean, Matt Gates is, like, number one. So, <laughs> Well, you ought to get reelected just on that. I know. We, <laughs> we, sit, we sit next to each other, and Gates goes first and is questioning when the general comes before the committee. I'm the decaf version of Matt Gates, and <laughs> we, we, we work so hard. Other members of the committee, too. We work, Elise Stefanik and a lot of others, we work so hard to hold him accountable. And what... The, the pattern and behavior that General Milley has, has uh, the, 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 that type of um, style that he's modeled for all of the general officers below him means that we have a generation of generals who are coming up behind General Milley who, thinks that, who think that they can be political too. This is why I think we have, we, we have to do everything that we can uh, to build up a new generation of leaders in our military who love America, who understand what's at stake, and understand the military should be apolitical. It, should, mm-hmm. it shouldn't dive in. It shouldn't be a political cause for the right or the left. It should be about fighting and winning wars. That's right. So, 
So I, I've been thinking, the question that you ask is so important. I've been thinking a lot about this. The Wall Street Journal published a poll a few months ago, and around 2000, a, a, a similar, similar poll to what I mentioned earlier, around 2000, 70% of Americans considered themselves to be patriotic, to love their country, to believe like I do and like you do that this country is great. Today, that's, that is less than 50%. How can we sustain a great country if we're teaching our kids in schools that America is systemically racist and inherently evil? It started in 1619, not 1776, and then expect that same generation to do what we did to raise their right hand and take an oath to defend this country, knowing that we might pay the ultimate sacrifice in doing so if we're telling our kids that it's not worth it. That, that's not sustainable for any great country. We, we need a revival of patriotism in this country. On the stage last night, we had a president who loved America, and I miss that each and every day compared to the president that we have in the White House today, who I've never, I've never heard him say, I've never heard President Biden say that America is great and it's worth fighting for. I want a president back in the White House who models that each and every day. And a president who understands that leadership matters, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs to the secretaries of the branches, the, the men and women that that president um, invests in and nominates for key positions, that, that's, what we, that's what we need to be preparing for today, for the, the next, gen, the next uh, administration that begins on January 20th of 2025 that can't come soon enough to get men and women in these positions that understand that it's, we're, we're not just fighting uh, against the biggest threats that we face abroad, like the Chinese Communist Party, but we're fighting a very radical threat to our own way of life and our culture right here in the United States of America. That's a fight that I, I uh, have, have dedicated my life to, and I, can, I, I intend to continue to lead right here at home. All right, so this one is really just for each, each one of you um, as we, we wrap up here, and that is, after listening to all this, uh, I think you've nailed nailed each of your points, but what are the takeaways as far as the action steps? What is one thing that, um, for all of us here, that we can, uh, after we leave here, that we can take action on, something we can do to stand with our service members and get and help refocus the, the military on its mission and, and be an encouragement there? General, I'll start with you there. Well, um, keep in mind that these generals that are being placed into these top positions today are there in many cases, not all, but many cases, simply because they are willing to support the agenda of this administration. And they did the same thing under Barack Obama. And by the way, they are the ones that will help to choose the next generals that will come in behind them. So it's a self-perpetuating thing. If you want to have an impact on that, call your representative, call your senator, burn them up. My wife burns up my representative, who is a wonderful guy, Bob Good, and she calls him every day. <laughs> well, maybe not every day. Get on the phone, get on the email, and you ask the, the congressman, it matters. It matters. And what that means is we have got to vote right, and we've got to make sure that the people that we put in there uh, in this next iteration uh, are people that understand the importance of a military that is functioning 
to win the nation's wars. For me, I would say uh, within our community, again, going back to uh, establishing a firm foundation, is teach our youth, the, the young ones about the Constitution because the military is supposed to defend that, the Constitution, not an agenda. Agenda, the word's not even in our Constitution or our Bill of Rights. We are to defend our country against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. So help us, God. Support your veterans. You see somebody wearing a service shirt or a hat. A simple thank you goes a long ways. We don't do this for the money. Congressman. Uh, two things very quickly. Uh, yesterday I met, I met a 14-year-old boy from Indiana whose lifelong dream is to, be a, to go into the Marines. And he comes from a conservative family, and his family is... They're questioning, well, is that a good idea with what's going on in the military? The wokeism in the military, that my, my son's going to be targeted because he's conservative. And the, the biggest source for recruitment of the military are children of service members, and that's where the biggest decline is happening. We need to inspire the next generation to want to serve our country in uniform and go out and tell these kids, we're depending on you, it matters. We don't, don't discourage them, encourage them to serve because we need them. Secondly... All of those amendments, banning drag shows, letting the service members who didn't take the vaccine back into the military, uh, getting rid of the digital transgender ambassador program, uh, getting the military back to a meritocracy, that all, that all passed out of the House NDAA. None of it was in the Senate NDAA. So and all of this is going to happen over the next few weeks. We, we need your help, again, to call your representatives and your senators, especially the Republicans, don't let the Republicans off the hook. Tell them, make sure that all of those amendments end up in the final bill or don't vote for it. That, that's what we call, call your representatives and senators, especially the Republicans, and let them know that you're, you're following it closely and you expect them to keep those important amendments in the NDAA before it passes and goes to the president. Amen. All right. Well, I just want to thank our panel for joining us here today. And, and yes, the, the action steps, of course, are to... Pray, vote, and stand. And that's what we need to do with our U.S. military. They need, they need our support, and we need to be doing all of those things for them. And so let's, uh, I think the appropriate thing, way to close this, uh, General, would be if you would pray. Uh, I'd like to ask you to pray for Congressman Banks, uh, his leadership on uh, Capitol Hill, we, uh, Senator Tuberville, all these things that we've just been talking about. Let's take them to the Lord and ultimately knowing that, yes, we're going to do our part. We're going to act. We're going to stand and we're going to pray. But we're going to pray that God is, will move on behalf of, um, of our service members and our country in this time. So if you would pray. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we thank you that we can gather here today as free people. And, Lord, we are here because we know that you have the answers, God. You have the answers to all things. And, Lord, at a time when we are confused, when we just don't know which way to turn, we rely on you to give us what we need, to throw us into the battle. God, here am I. Stand me. Send me. Send me into battle, God. I will fight. I will stand. And we ask you, Lord, now to bless this man that you have raised up for such a time as this, this man that God who has done so much, this man, Lord, who loves this nation, has served this nation, 
and is trying his very best to do what's right for America today. And we ask you, Lord, to bless every member of our military, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. Bless them, God, and give them what they need. And, Lord, we pray that we will see a rejuvenated, a revived military that reflects the values of this nation. And, God, we thank you for being here in this auditorium with us today, Lord. Let what we do and what we say here be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, you've been listening to a special edition of Washington Watch. This was one of our panel discussions at this year's Pray Vote Stand Summit. And you can actually find all the content, all the speakers, all the panels. Simply go to prayvotestand.org. It was a great, great event. Let me again remind you as we close out our time together that we're here because of you and, uh, and for you. We're standing for faith, family, and freedom here in our nation's capital, but we can only do so because of folks like you across the country. And if you'd like to partner with us, we've got generous friends who have recently increased our challenge match to $1.5 million. So if you give by New Year's Eve, your tax-deductible gift will have double the impact. And when you give, you'll receive a free copy of our new Stand on the Word Bible Journal. So to give... Text the word GIVE to 67742. That's 67742. Text the word GIVE or go to TonyPerkins.com. Until next time, let me leave you once again with the encouraging words the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6 where he says when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 